Hello, and welcome to Reaching the Summit on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio in the Senesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. I am Don Conklin, along with Teresa Conklin, and every month on Reaching the Summit, we will meet successful business leaders who have climbed the mountain and reached the summit in their profession. We will talk to them about their journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons and insights they have learned along the way. Reaching the Summit is presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more elevated look with your business signage. Visit PinnacleCustomSigns.com. Today we have three guests. Our first guest is Dr. Rebecca Sarle with Refresh Chiropractic. Then we have Daniel Wong with 25 Marketing LLC. And then we have Brian Hicks with Camp Gladiator and Prep Fitness. Thank you guys for being with us. So Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So Thank you for having us. So... We all are business owners here. Re- uh, Dr. Rebecca, could you tell us a little bit about why you became a chiropractor and how you got into your business? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Dr. Rebecca Sarlia. I am a chiropractor. I knew nothing about chiropractic before I became a chiropractor. Um, I was going to be a surgeon, and I knew from age eight years old I was going to be a doctor. I wanted to help people. I met a traveling surgeon, and he spent all of his time every summer donating his time. And I said, wow, that is awesome. I want to do that. I want to help kids. And then I was on the medical route and I got into a really bad car accident right before I started medical school, the summer before I started medical school. And I went through the medical community and nobody could really help me. Nobody could help me with my pain. Nobody could help me with my mobility. I was really stuck. I couldn't study anymore. I, I just, I hit a standstill in my life. And my next door neighbor just happened to be a chiropractor and he said why don't you just give chiropractic a chance and I said what is chiropractic I've never even heard of it I heard about it you know just in passing but I never really knew anything about it going through the treatment experiencing it for myself literally changed my life I went from not being able to sit without pain for 30 minutes not being able to read because of blurry vision to excelling in my studies and getting a perfect score at the end of my semester so I said, you know what? I'm not even going to go to medical school. Medical school. I'm going to chiropractic school. I'm going to change other people's lives just the way my life was changed. So I started chiropractic school, and um, I always knew I wanted to be my own business owner. So I opened Refresh Chiropractic with the notion that I wanted to refresh other people's lives through chiropractic care. Awesome, awesome. And what makes Refresh different than other chiropractic practices? So chiropractic is kind of a niche. We're all a little bit different. I think everyone's had a different experience with chiropractors. Um, Something that we focus on in our office is refreshing the nervous system. Your nervous system is the control system of the body, right? So it's really important to have the computer of your body, all those circuits, all those wires, firing at optimal performance, right? You want to be able to do workout. You want to be able to have critical thinking. You need that brain and body to communicate openly. So Refresh is all about promoting balance in the body through relieving that tension in the nervous system. And we we pride ourselves with taking a lot of time with our client. A lot of chiropractors, you'll go in and out. We spend about 30 minutes to 60 minutes with every single patient to make sure that every single one of their needs is met with every visit. So they can always leave refreshed. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and Brian, could you tell us a little bit about Camp Gladiator? <sighs> Where do I start? Um, Camp Gladiator started back in 2008 uh, with a stack of cones in a parking lot. And um, that's literally how it started. And it started from wanting to kind of find that edge and drive from former athletes. Mm-hmm. The owner, Allie, she was a basketball player at Ole Miss, and she was looking for that challenge after college. And so she started training people to actually um, – 
get out and, and be able to live that athletic lifestyle, what she was able to experience as a college athlete because, you know, most of us don't go to college and play major sports. So mm-hmm. um, I had already been a trainer, and once I kind of found what Camp Gladiator did, it kind of fit the mold because I was an athlete my entire life. Mm-hmm. And um, it was able to free me up with a lot of my time and also impact a lot of people in one sitting. I think one of the biggest things with what I do in my personal business is we can get tied down because we're working every hour on the hour. What CG was able to let me do is work a few hours, but I'm exponentially hitting more people. I'm getting to touch more lives in bigger groups, Awesome. but doing the same thing. So that's, that's kind of how CG started and it just kind of took off from there. And why Gladiator? I don't... <laughs> well, I think a lot of people are intimidated by the word, mm-hmm. but it's more of a mindset. Okay. You have to have the mindset of a gladiator to get through a lot of the life challenges that we have. And yeah. sometimes it's not about fitness. Fitness is just a vehicle to a lot of our problems. Okay. It can lead you down other roads and make you better as a person in so many other ways. You and I were talking a little bit before we started. So you have no brick and mortar. So tell no us brick and mortar, how, but so the tell, headquarters. Tell us how that works. So one of the biggest choke points for uh, personal trainers, group X instructors is the overhead. You got to have equipment. You got to have brick and mortar. You got to have, you know, utility bills and all this other stuff. So by going outside using natural space, there's no bills involved. So you can scale your business a lot faster in that way rather than trying to be stuck at one spot. The other thing is what do most people do all day long? Sit. And they're where? At work. Inside. Right. So the first thing you want to do is get them outside. That's the first. As soon as you walk out the door, you're like, okay, now I can breathe. So if I can work out outside like that, they're more apt to keep up with it than just going to a brick and mortar. Well, it's great. Like a date like today would be go- great to go outside and work out. Correct. What, what about the 35-degree rainy weather days? <laughs> Man, so I always, I always had a saying, uh, if it's 35, we live at 5. So that means if it's if it's above 35 degrees, we're staying outside. Because most of the time, if you look at athletes, they play in below zero weather. When you get to moving, if you dress properly, that's not a factor. Um, but if it's horrible weather, inclement weather, things like that, we always have backup plans for uh, an awning or – a gym at a local church or a business that has open space that we build networks with to be able to allow us to use those spaces in those times. Gotcha. Very fascinating. So Daniel, tell us about your business. Yeah. So I started a company called 25 Marketing and the idea came from adversity when I was 25 and I've always wanted to start my own business. And going back, I want to tell a little bit about my story. I worked at a restaurant and I started at the bottom as like a dishwasher and I started waiting tables. I learned how to cook, and then I learned how to do sushi, and eventually became the manager of that restaurant. And I became really close with the owner through that journey, and one of the main struggles restaurant owners have is where their customers are coming from, and they don't understand why it's slow or busy. So when it's raining outside, I'll ask them, why is it slow? And they're like, maybe because of the weather or like external factors, or when it's busy, they would be like, it's because it's a weekend, it's Friday, Saturday, so there's no real metric to why customers are coming in. So I wanted to kind of solve that problem, so I helped that restaurant create their social media pages, create their Google My Business pages, and we created like a strong foundation to kind of get that business off and running. So hmm? how, how long have you been doing it? Yeah, so I'm still fairly new. It's been about a year and four months now, so okay. still a new journey for me. So you're still in hell. Yeah. <laughs> So I tell people trying to open a business all the time, I always advise anybody opening a business, I said, I don't care if you're opening up a sign company 
or a restaurant or anything else, when you open up a new business, it'll be two years of sheer hell. And people get scared. They say, what do you mean by sheer hell? I mean, well, basically you're doing something you've never done before, right? And it's like you got to change the engines while the plane's flying and things like that. And I know you're, uh, Rebecca and Brian, your heads are, are, are nodding because you, you've experienced it, right? Because Refresh has been around for how long? We just had our two-year anniversary okay. this month. Well, so I hear you. But one year of COVID, too, so probably another year of, I don't know about another year of hell or not. But. Yeah, first year open was, uh, the end of the first year was COVID, so yeah. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Brian? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't hell, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a gut punch, I'd say that. But if you're prepared for the gut punch, you can sustain it a little bit better. You can take it on a little bit better. Right. And we were able to pivot out of that from a, just a pure outdoor standpoint to be able to move up a a plan that was five years down the road five years in advance and be able to add it which was virtual classes so we were able to because we had that roadmap we were able to just pull from it and move it up faster than what we had planned so daniel what's that what sets you guys apart so why do people come working with you for uh, their marketing and digital? yeah so one of the main things is like my experience working as a dishwasher working as a server working as a cook in the kitchen so i really have that specialty in restaurants so I understand the life of a restaurant owner so that's really what sets us apart is that we really understand the business owners pain and we really love to help them in every way as possible and serve them the best way through those experiences so are you working only with restaurants or do you work with other types of businesses yeah so we also work with other type of businesses okay restaurants is what we specialize in right with that um, experience but we also help furniture companies eye doctors and we also w- worked with a lot of different industries, so we have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, great. So as you as you guys build as you build your business, I'm sure that you have a model that you are following. So, I guess I'd have to start with uh, you, Dr. Rebecca. So, what what would you say are the core values of Refresh? You know, I mean, people have all these core values, but is there a model that you're following that says, hey? For my patients, for anybody else that works with me, this is the core values I want them to have so that our business is healthy from that standpoint. Absolutely. Every person should have core values and every business should have core values. Um, For me personally, integrity is a big one and transparency. I feel like a lot of people, they go to their doctors and they're just, the doctors are not transparent with them and they're not giving you that integritous answer, they might be just sugarcoating it. So I like honesty and integrity. Those are how I build my business, having those honest and open conversations with my patients, giving them also realistic expectations. I feel like in our lives, we kind of go through these unrealistic and then realistic expectations. So setting goals that are realistic and then helping them through their journey. So I'm a hand holder. (laughs) I like to hold my patients' hands kind of through their health journey. Um, and being honest with them and just being transparent with them are really important to me. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I can appreciate that from a healthcare professional. So uh, what about you, Daniel? What's, what's uh, your core values? What do, you, yeah. what do you structure around? So I think the number one core value is relationships. <coughs> so when it works with working with people, I understood that it's more about the relationship with them providing as much value. So instead of going to a random business owner you don't know, um, our focus is to network and build those relationships first to get to know what their problems are first and then say, hey, I can help you with this or that. So the number one core value would be building strong relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that goes back to the old, the old saying that people don't 
care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? From right. that standpoint. So, and Brian, what about you guys? And uh, passion, loyalty, um, integrity is huge um, because we do work in such that entrepreneurial business. Being able to trust that person next to you when you can't see them is huge because we do do a lot of things based on trust. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, from a personal trainer and a business owner, it's commitment to the goal. Like you got to be able to commit. Like you said, the first couple of years of hell or the first time you meet somebody, you really don't know about that person. So you have to commit to getting to know. You have to commit to getting to figure out what the problems are. You have to commit to solving the problem no matter how long it takes. Mm-hmm. So if you can commit along with those other three, I think you and that person can build a great relationship and whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. We've been around for 10 years, okay? So I've been through the two years of hell a couple of times, right? We're a family-owned business. Teresa and I own it. Two of our sons work for us. we got about 16 other people, so about 20 in total, right? So when we're hiring, we're looking at the core values for the individuals, right? And when we're looking at customers, we're actually looking at the customers and the vendors' core values too, right? And there's some customers out there, you'll experience this, I want to spend a lot of money with you, but they may not have your core values, and it's so hard to walk away from the money. So true. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just so hard, but it's like, I don't want to be treated that way, you know? It's right. like, so, but our core values are, are pretty simple, and we, I tell this to every person coming in for an interview or whatever. It's like, okay, so our first two are really focused on the customer. One is excellent, provide excellent customer service. The second one is um, paying attention to detail and providing a quality product. So, obviously, table stakes if you're running a business, customer service quality, right? But the other three are they're not learned. You either have these behaviors or you don't. And one is have a positive attitude, right? None of us want to work around an Eeyore, right? We'd rather right. have a Tigger around, right? right? That's kind of how we look at it, right? you got to have fun being part of a team. It doesn't mean just, you know, a happy-go-lucky party guy, but, you know, fun being part of the team. I want right. people to come to the office and enjoy coming to the office, you know? I mean, it's a job, right? It's work, but you don't have to be miserable coming to right. work as so many people are, right? Well, and I also like the teamwork aspect of it too, right. uh, where they all work together. Right. And the last one I think really sets us apart is we call, we call it driven, right? And you know, you guys can put any definition you want on driven, but it really is just driving, driving, driving. Never be happy where you're at. Always be striving to be to the next place, you know? If you're not driven to get someplace, you know, um, Lewis Carroll from Alice in Wonderland said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, right? So you got to be driven and you got to know where you're going. And so I'll do interviews with people and I, I'll tell them this and they're nodding their head. And I look at them and I say, listen, you either have these or you don't have these. And you're not going to tell me in a job interview that you don't, right? You're not going to get up and say, hey, bye, I don't have those core values. I said, but you know what? If you don't, you're probably going to be ejected like a virus because you won't feel comfortable in the environment that the other people have created around here. So to us, core values and the way we operate is really key to how our operation has uh, has grown and, and matured over 10 years. So. I agree. So Daniel, could you tell us why local businesses need marketing? I think primarily two reasons. The first one is to remind your old customers that you're still in business, so especially due to the pandemic. You can let them know that we're still open, we're using all these protocols to kind of make sure you feel safe. So that's the first reason. And the second reason is to get new customers. So you want to use marketing strategies like social media marketing to kind of 
let people know that your business is in this location by promoting ads or creating content. So those are primarily the two reasons local business owners need marketing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I guess question for you, uh, Dr. Rebecca, is why Swanee? I mean, are you a Swanee person or how how'd you wind up in Swanee with your practice? I will tell you, Swanee has been on my mind for a couple of years now. I'm a Florida girl, born and raised, Fort Lauderdale. So I moved to Georgia just to go to chiropractic school. And while I was in chiropractic school over in Marietta in Cobb County, my husband and I, we would always hike Chattahoochee. And we went through all the parks, Georgia parks. We'd love to hike with our dog. And Swanee was a place that we had found and walked around and we just fell in love with the city. And I said, if I ever stay in Georgia, Swanee is where I want to be because I felt most at home. It's just such a cute little town. And I love, I, I just love it. It really yeah. is so cute. Um, and Teresa was born in Hollywood. I was. Really? Yeah. So Hollywood, Florida. Hey, Deerfield yeah. Beach. Yeah, not too far. My <laughs> uncle, uh, I have an uncle that lives there now. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love Florida. I miss it yeah. a lot, but Georgia's become my new home. Yeah. Yeah, well, Ther- <laughs> Teresa won't move back to Florida because she wants seasons. So that's her, that's her big thing, right? You want yeah. seasons. I love it when it's a little cold. You can put a sweater, and then it's hot in the summer. You go to the lake. But, uh, yeah, Swanee is a, is a great place. It's uh, We're up in Buford um, and have been up in Buford for a good 10 years right now. Mm-hmm. And then we live in Flowery Branch, which is, you know, Georgia is a great environment from a business standpoint. And we've got a lot of customers from that standpoint. It's, Absolutely. It, re- it really is, is great. So, um, so you went to life, huh? I did. I went to Life University. It's a great school. I learned a lot. I liked Life University because they actually do focus on business. They do give you business preparedness when you graduate. So you're not just thrown out into the wolves when you want to open your own business. And they give you really good diagnostic tools too. So why is chiropractic important? How does it help people? Chiropractic is one of those buzzwords that a lot of people are, oh, they either frown at it or they even smile at it, right? (laughs) Because it's gotten a lot of bad rap and a lot of good rap over the years. Chiropractic as a whole, think of it as a mentality mm-hmm. of just creating balance in your nervous system. That's what chiropractic is all about. So chiropractic is not just for people who are in pain. It's also for people who are wellness. Brian can tell you if an athlete is not performing at their optimal performance level, their body is not going to give you those results, right? If you're unbalanced, those hips are unbalanced, you're not going to be able to run as far. Hussein Bolt broke the world record. He got adjusted on the sidelines right before he took his feet on the track. So he got his adjustment. His nervous system was firing at 100%, broke the world record. So that's what chiropractic can do. It can take your body, put it in a level of 100% balance, and then give you that optimal level of performance. Okay. As as an athlete, it matters. It does, huh? (laughs) It matters. Uh, Um, When I was a college athlete, just to speak to her point, I got adjusted twice before the game and at halftime so because I was a quarterback. So I had a bad back injury. So to keep me playing, that is the only thing that allowed me to continue without having to sit out for an extended period of time. Well, we were talking a little bit on the car on the way down here about who our guests were going to be. And um, one of our employees used to work for the Falcons. He goes, oh, yeah, the Falcons had a chiropractor on staff. Yeah, absolutely they did. So I'll tell you my favorite story really quick about chiropractic is chiropractic is not just for wellness and for pain. It can also be for neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's or stroke patients. I had a patient. Yeah, I went to Ghana for 10 days last year, um, and we had this patient that had a stroke, and he had not walked in three years. He was actually being carried around. And in Ghana, the food is very – it's all fried. 
so stroke occurrence is very high in Ghana and a lot of stroke patients. So we were able to work with this gentleman. He was about 58 years old. His grandchildren actually carried him in every day. And after one week of adjustments, gentle adjustments for specific to his age and technique specific, nothing rough, he was able to take three steps assisted after not walking after three years. Wow. So chiropractic is not just about back pain. Sorry, I'm getting a little choked up. He was just a really special man to me. Um, He couldn't even wave his hand when we first started with him. And then being able to take three steps after a week, it was just really special. So that's what chiropractic is for me. That's amazing. That is a life-changing story for people. That is great. So, Brian, what brought you to Atlanta? Oh, challenge. New scenery, growth in the company also. Uh, Looking for more expansion uh, as an individual and in the company that I work for. Um, and I've always wanted to move to Atlanta. I've always, I've always been a Braves fan since I was old enough to know what that was. So the opportunity to come here, open a new market, I pretty much felt like I had outgrown the market that I was in and I needed something to, to challenge me. So um, coming to Atlanta was the perfect opportunity. And when they offered it, I never looked back. Well, that's great. You know, people who are a little bit younger, like my kid's age, don't remember the, the uh, Braves when they were bad. Oh, I remember all <laughs> of them. Oh, our oldest son does. I remember all of them. Our oh. oldest son does. Oh, the, the bad old days when yeah. Dale Murphy was the MVP, but they didn't win anything. Right. <laughs> I still wonder today, I'm like, how did we go to one World Series back in, like, I'm like, dude. Yeah. It, I, I mean, I still think about it today. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, is, it is crazy. You know, go to, go to playoffs every year and then, yeah. Yeah. So. But it, just to touch on the, the challenge, like the drive you spoke about earlier, like just feeling like, okay, I've. I've pretty much maxed myself out in this space. I want to challenge myself in a bigger space. So having that drive to keep pushing is what really, really pushed me here. Absolutely. So tell us about Prep Fitness then. Oh, man, Prep Fitness. I started Prep Fitness back in unofficially probably 2008. I was always in the sports, as I said earlier. And I used to follow my strength coach around in college. I would go sit in his office and just learn the system of how he took every athlete just from like a, a, a bowl of clay and turned them into just a specimen. Mm-hmm. And so I was always intrigued by that. So I would go sit in his office and once I got out and started training on my own, a lot of people would always ask me, hey, can you teach me this? Can you show me this? Because I was always training. And I was like, man, I'm giving all this free advice. I might as well <laughs> start doing something about, you know, with this. And finally I said, you know what, let's give training. I had never thought about training because I put computers together as a kid. Like I just used to so I was like, let me try it. And so um, I started Prep Fitness with $1,000. I was just like, you know what? Let's just go out for it, get certified, and let's try it. And I walked in, and it kind of took off from there. I remember sitting. You talk about the growing pains. I remember sitting in my first gym, and I sat there for almost three months and just watched people walk by. I'm like, nobody's talking to me. They don't know me. I've never trained before. And I literally told myself, I'm going to sit here every single day, and I'm going to wait for one person to ask me a question. And finally, one person like, why are you sitting here every day? And that was my one opportunity to be like, introduce myself, here I am, this is what I do. And it kind of took off from there. Um, so I've been training ever since. And then just growing into different parts of the business rather than just training, you know, public speaking, teaching other trainers, the business models. Um, like she said, giving them the opportunity to be a business owner rather than just being a personal trainer. So kinda, I kind of evolved over time. But Prep Fitness is still rocking and rolling, ready to expand now into a facility that actually does what I want it to do in the sense of my business model 
rather than just being a personal trainer. So now I can bring in my own trainers, push my mission and my business model into the industry of, I've been in it 15 years now. That's terrific, that is terrific. So, so Daniel, how do you, you're a marketing company, so how do you acquire your customers and what's the, what's the strategy you have to getting customers on board with, uh, with 25 Marketing? Yeah, so um, as a first year business owner in marketing, I think it's a little bit different when it comes to B2B. So one of the um, best strategies I like to use still is the old school methods of organic reach. So I'm just trying to network with as many people as I uh, can and try to talk to a lot of people to see like what do they need. I, I like to talk to different industries to see how can I solve their problems. So the current goal for our agency is to talk to as many clients and see how many uh, problems that we can solve for them. Hmm? So how do, how, do, how do your customers know that <coughs> what you're doing is being successful for them? What's the, what's the measure of success for what you guys are doing for these customers? Yeah. So. Um, different industries are different. So restaurants, we could run like a campaign and we could have an advertisement saying 10% off if you come into a restaurant and take a photo. So throughout that month, we can see how many people came, took photos. So we had a lot of success with that. Um, for other industries like our real estate clients, we do lead generation campaigns. So we create an ad saying, hey, come look at this house. Um, and in the ad, there's like a form you can fill out to put your name, information, and other contact details so the team can reach out to them so that will qualify as a lead. So one lead would be, you know, three to $5,000 if it's commission-based for like a $300,000 house, something like that. So that would be a measure of success for those type of industries. Mm -hmm. And do you do the follow-up email campaigns and stuff like that to kind of keep generating that interest no we, we don't do any email we just do okay. lead generation and social media marketing okay well that's that's great because you know that's that's obviously the lifeblood of some of the businesses is getting the leads and getting them in in, in forward so so does does your success in those clients lead to a lot of word of mouth in those industries that bring bring customers to you yeah for sure i think in the first year of business um all most of my clients were word of mouth so one of my core beliefs is if you take care of your customers, they'll take care of you. So that's how we were able to grow hmm. this whole year. Hmm? So let's talk about the C word, right? The COVID word. So <laughs> we were all in business. I was wondering where you were going with yeah, that one. Yeah, COVID, right? So for us, COVID was uh, interesting, right? Because we have an environment where we go out and see customers and do installations. Um, and b believe it or not, signs are an essential business. So when they shut everybody down except for essential businesses, we weren't shut down. And the reason why is you see it on the supermarket floors, right? All the different, you know, social distancing signs mm -hmm. and COVID signs and the ones you see on the walls that say, you know, right. enter at your own risk, right? So we did a lot of COVID signs. As a matter of fact, we did... Uh, the entire campus of Georgia State University, wow. every uh, every elevator, the the whole social distancing thing. It was, it was pretty funny because we had a uh, intern this summer that was helping us out, who after he interned for us, went to school at Georgia State. He goes, yeah, I did that stuff, right? So, but uh, cool. but it was cool. But you know, our business in general was we have a national business, and so. We had a lot of business going on in the New York tri-state area, and we all know what happened up there. They're still shut down. I still can't get sign permits up in that area. So it affected us from, depending on the area of the country where our business was, because we have customers 
in all 50 states. Some are fairly easy to do business in still. Others, you know, guys can't go to a, you know, a, a city hall and get a permit yet because they're still closed. So it's kind of interesting. So from, you know, from y'all standpoint, so we'll start with you, Dr. Rebecca. So how did COVID affect your business um, and then you, and how do you see it recovering after about a year of COVID? So COVID for us was a little bit different. I'm a solo practitioner. I have my own office. Uh, I don't have any staff. I just have a naturopath and she has her own office too. So I was able to, even pre-COVID, see patients one-on-one. Um, I didn't really have overlap. So when COVID started, I did have a lot of patients. And because chiropractic was an essential business, we were able to maintain our status of being open. But what was really nice was I could still maintain that social distancing because I was seeing my clients one-on-one. We could open the doors when it was nice outside. We were following all the CDC protocols of cleaning, sanitizing. We were wearing masks, um, myself and the patient included. So I felt really safe. But the biggest part was just getting people in the door. And like Daniel touched on, maintaining those relationships with your patients when they haven't seen you in a while. So social media marketing was really important for me and texting my patients and emailing my patients, that's what kept my business open was building on the foundation that I already had with them, maintaining good good friendships and good doctor-patient relationships. That was really important through COVID. Moving forward through COVID, right now my office is back at 100%. Um, I have patients, most of my patients are actually vaccinated, so a lot of them feel comfortable now coming in, getting out back in their daily life. But um, I was always encouraging my clients to come and get adjusted because when you come get adjusted, your nervous system is functioning at 100%, which means your immune system is functioning better. So people don't get sick as easily when they're undergoing chiropractic care. So that was really important for me too. And um, yeah, that's kind of how we've managed through and Last month was our two-year anniversary, and we actually had our best month last year. So God is blessing us. Thank you. God is blessing us through our time. So, Daniel, what about what about you? How do you guys? Because obviously, a lot of yours is online. You know, probably a lot of Zoom and Microsoft Team meetings and stuff like that, or what? Yeah. So, I think for my business, I think it's been a blessing that everything's online. Um, I get to work at home or the office, so there's a lot of flexibility with that. And one of the main things that um, we pivoted towards restaurants was just creating those protocols and guidelines. Like we were the one of the first to help clients because I was driving through Chick-fil-A and I saw Chick-fil-A um, using their um, guidelines and I wanted to create that for my clients because they were doing an excellent job. All their employees were wearing masks, they were wearing gloves, and they were really the first ones to kind of show that model. So I kind of copied their model and helped my clients with that. And that was a way I could provide as much value during this time because a lot of restaurants were struggling. So I wanted to help them, help them stay open, do takeout. So that was like a great um, challenge that I was able to help them with. And moving forward, I think um, I think COVID is slowly dying down. So um, it's gonna allow more opportunities to actually meet more people face to face because people are feeling more comfortable. And Brian, you touched a little bit on it earlier, but how did COVID affect your business? At first, it was it was more of the the unknown, the fear of the unknown, like what's next, because we're in a business of people. Right. I was training 70, 80 people a class, so mm-hmm. that's not happening when COVID first hit. So we pretty much shut down outdoors for about probably about two or three weeks, and um, in that time, we kind of, like I said, we take those times to 
create an opportunity. We were able to take that that virtual platform that we were mm-hmm. that had five years down the road and just say, you know what? What the heck? Let's go. So, do it. you use like a Zoom or something so like that? We did have a we built a partnership with Zoom when they actually pretty much built us a custom platform. Okay. For training. Okay. And um, now we're able to. I think the company actually grew about twenty thousand members because of that opportunity. Wow, that's fabulous. So it was fear, but then it was like, if we was if we would have just sat still and just kind of waited, nothing. But we able we were able to do that. We grew about twenty thousand members in probably three months. That's fabulous. And so now it's a permanent part of the company. Mm-hmm. So um, we were able to do that. And then um, now that the vaccine is coming out and things like that, we're able to get back outdoors. And now we're starting to see those classes get bigger and bigger and bigger because we can actually do social distancing. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a park of an acre, I don't have to put everybody next to each other. Right. I can space them out. I can create stations. So now you're more comfortable rather than being in a indoor setting. That's wonderful. So it, it, was, it was good. That's good. Let's talk about the future. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to be retired and I want to be traveling the world in the future and have my kids run my business and be, draw a paycheck. But uh, that's a little while away, I think. You know, it's, <laughs> I want to be on the chair. I want to be on the board of directors that meets once every quarter. You know, but, right. um, but for us, our future is continuing to grow in servicing our clients. We both in Georgia and nationally. So what's uh, what's the future? And that's the next three years, five years look like for a refresh from your guys standpoint so for refresh you know i hear you i want to be on the beach somewhere in aruba just zooming people but in my profession can't right (laughs) gotta actually be there present but um for us it's really important to continue to grow our clientele and then i want to hire a couple doctors moving forward my five-year plan is to have three doctors trained very well by me that if i were to step out of the practice nothing changes I want my parent, my patients to have the same experience as if I'm with them as the doctors that I train with me and my team. So that's my goal right now is to train three doctors to have a seven to seven kind of Monday through Friday open and then a rotating schedule and then just really be a mean green fighting machine and just helping people in the community and being a resource to them and uh, growing. And then obviously not working, you know, <laughs> lessening my hours. That's nice. You know, well, take a little vacation. But just one location? You you have eyes on more than one location for Refresh or what? So I have the dream to make my location a big location. My husband is like, oh, let's just open three more offices. So we've come to the agreement that in our five-year plan, we'd like to open at least one office. And then our 10-year plan is to have three offices. Gotcha. Yeah. Sounds like a good compromise. I think so. I think that's a good, healthy growth model. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on how quick, how um, easily you can reach your client base, right? Because for you guys, it's a drive, a drive to your location, right? Correct. We are actually getting pretty close to outgrowing our current location. So, with God's blessing, maybe our dream will come true a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. We'll there see. You go. There that's you always go. fun. It is always fun. It's a little scary and a little exciting, mm-hmm. but it's awesome. Like Brian was saying, it's it's so nice to be able to grow out of a space and reach more people right. and, and have that impact, right? I absolutely agree with that. We actually, we have a 9,000 square foot building in Buford. We actually added 3,500 square feet onto the building during COVID. It was like, well, whatever, let's go ahead let's and do go. it, right? right. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and we're still using every inch of that building. Yeah, we'll probably have to go ahead and buy another one somewhere. No. Are you sure? Positive? <laughs> 
I'll, we'll talk later. So, Daniel, what about your future? What, what's the future for 25 Marketing? What do you, what do you see you guys in three years, five years, ten years? Yeah, so... Not, not retired. You're too young to retire. No, it's never too young to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, so my dream is to build a team of A players. Um, I want to provide the best um, service I can in the digital marketing industry. So I guess the goal is to be the top Atlanta marketing agency. That's, that's the ultimate goal. And I really want to work with a big team and kind of have a lot of fun while working with a, in a team dynamic. So that's, that's the current goal so far. Hmm? Gotcha. Are you, and you are, most of your clients are all your clients in Atlanta? Yes, correct. Okay. Do you see yourself branching out? Obviously, you're, you're virtual, so. Yeah. So I think um, the goal for the next year or two is to kind of expand the Atlanta area and then eventually help out other areas, but I really want to grow Atlanta because Atlanta is my home. I grew up and I was um, raised in Gwinnett County my whole life. So I want to help my community first and then go out and help other communities. Hmm? So you're, you're the only homegrown uh, Georgian here, it looks like. Yeah, so, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, Teresa graduated from Dunwoody High School. Yep. Long time ago. Not that long ago. Come on, we just, mar- just celebrated our 39th anniversary. Couldn't have been that long ago, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what about you, Brian? What, what about you guys? I mean, you guys, uh, twenty thousand in three months. I mean, you man. got got a, a big, uh, big goals for the next three to five years. Yeah, we got big goals. Um, we just got the printout for for uh, Camp Gladiator. Probably going to open twenty five cities in the next five years. Um, due to COVID, because of COVID, we were able to do the virtual uh, training. So now we don't actually have to have people on the ground to actually open a city. We can actually open it with the people that we actually have there. So being able to open those cities, one of my goals is to open, not my hometown, but the state capital of Baton Rouge, uh, where LSU is. So I want to open that city here next year. Um, That's close to me just because I'm from Louisiana. So that's been a goal of mine for the last five years. And then as far as prep fitness, Uh, Dr. Rebecca, Rebecca, she stole my script over there, you know, as far as prep fitness. So the actual gym that I told you, I sat at for three months when I started there. I worked there for 10 years and recently, uh, they reached out about, hey, you know, we're, we're trying to go retire. Like, you, you know, you have an opportunity to, you want it. So it's kind of like working on those type of things, getting that first physical location and then expanding out. But c- because I feel like there's a niche with my experience of 15 years, I actually can teach, like she said, teaching other trainers not to be a trainer, but to be a business owner. And so a lot of people would always ask, how did you do it? Well, it's 15 years of trial and error. Did a lot of things wrong to get where I am right now. So that's my goal for the next five years. Hopefully I'll have two locations in the next five years, but continuing to work and grow these other cities and teaching these trainers how to become business owners. What advice would you give somebody who's looking to get into entrepreneurship? Oh man, there's a lot of answers. I would say, <laughs> honestly, I would say two things. Stay the course, trust, trust your idea, stay the course, and don't let somebody tell you it's not real because I've actually had that happen. And they told me that it wouldn't work. You, city's not big enough, not enough people, you know, all that stuff. And I grew my first area to 500 members in two years. And the same person that told me that was actually training with me in those two years. And so stay the course, don't let nobody tell you no. Keep going. What about you, Daniel? I agree. Um, I think it's just to believe in yourself because the only person that really will believe in yourself is yourself. 
Um, you can't have friends and family to kind of believe in your vision, but ultimately it's up to you to kind of create the life that you want as an entrepreneur. So just having that strong burning desire and believing yourself with, you know, every ounce of blood in your body, I think is the best advice I can share. Mm -hmm. Dr. Rebecca? Now you stole my script, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry about that one. <laughs> Obviously, like I said earlier, chiropractic wasn't really on my radar and it wasn't supported by my family. Uh, my family did not support my decision to be a chiropractor. They said, oh, you're not going to be a real doctor, be a surgeon, da da da. They're not, you're never going to make money. I, perseverance, true grit, mm -hmm. and believing in my idea, taking my idea, my healing story, and making it part of my entrepreneurial journey was so important for me. And that grit and that passion, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. And if they tell you they can't do it, don't surround yourself with those people. Surround, that was part of my, entre my journey, my success story was my husband. He was always supporting me. Oh, every time I felt sad, I know I could count on him, go to him, get support from him. Don't surround yourself with negative Nancys. Surround yourself with people who are like-minded. That's why I joined the chamber. The chamber's full of hustlers, right? Mm -hmm. Full of people who want to grow their business and they're hungry. They're hungry and they have that passion. Mm -hmm. So that was my journey. And if you're gonna be an entrepreneur and you don't have that passion, then surround yourself with people who have that passion. And maybe you can grow that passion and, and, and nurture that. Mm -hmm. And nurture your ideas. Don't let anybody tell you your ideas are, are not worth your time. You know, there's a famous quote by Henry Ford, right? And it says, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. Right? That it's is all, true. It's all about it the uh, mental attitude, right? It is true. And, of course, at, in our office, we always say when someone tells me they can't do anything, I say, are you an American or an American't? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but our, you know, ours, thank you, Mike, appreciate that, no worries. But, you know, from our standpoint, I tell people this all the time. I talk to a lot of people that want to open up businesses and give them advice. And I say, listen, you know, it's not for the faint of heart, right? I mean, there's, it, it's not easy. You know, people have this vision of people who own business sitting back with their feet up, you know, counting sure. off $100,000 bills, right? Yeah, it doesn't happen that way. I think we all know it doesn't happen that way. But, you know, I think Teresa and I, um, first of all, we never thought we would fail right we we knew what we were going to do we knew where we were going failure was not an option well i started the business with uh with my son and Teresa was kind of doing part-time but she had an actual salary from another job mm -hmm. and she was going to keep that salary for about a year or so six months into the job into uh the business she looks at me and she goes can I just come work for you now? And and it's like, well, we call that the Cortez moment, right? Because we burned every ship we had, and it was like, there is no turning back at this right. point in time, right? So, so I think it's the passion. You're right. The never thinking you're going to fail. But to me, it's the th one thing that makes entrepreneurs fail is they don't have a roadmap. I mean, we talked about the roadmap, right? I remember when I went and uh, sat down, Teresa told me that the only way she would let me us open a business is if our financial advisor said yes she's like well dave cook who's our financial advisor has all of our money for retirement if he says it's not crazy then i'll believe him i'm like well that's great i'm glad i gotta defer to dave cook but dave's a good friend of ours right so you know we had him we went out to lunch with him and everything and i i'm a spreadsheet guy finance background so i spread out my 
three-year budget and everything. And he looks at me and goes, you'll be successful. I said, what do you mean? He goes, do you know how many people start a business without a business plan, right? And where they want to be and what their expenses are going to be and what their revenues are going to be. He goes, you have a plan, right? And you can measure whether you're making the plan or not making the plan and adjust it. He goes, 50 to 60% of entrepreneurs start just with an idea and no plan. And a lot of them, that's why 80% of small businesses fail, right? Because <laughs> they don't have a plan. They don't know when, they don't know if they're successful or if they're not successful. You know, it's almost like the old story of the wife still thinks there's money in the checking account because there's checks, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is not that way, right? It's not that way. And that's, uh, that's it, you know, to me, failing the plan is the key the organization right and it's like when COVID hit it wasn't like you know all the sky is falling it's okay so I have an opportunity good bad or indifferent how do we as an operation pivot to the opportunity like you guys all pivoted to the opportunity right right? so if people were looking to find out more about refresh chiropractic how do they reach you and contact you so we have a uh, website refreshchiropractic.com we also have an Instagram, at Refresh Chiropractic. We have a Facebook, at Refresh Cairo. Um, on our website, you can find all of our contact information. Um, they're more than welcome to call me. Our phone number is on there. They can text me. I'm pretty approachable. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear from them. Awesome. Daniel? Yeah, same. Um, my website is www.25marketing.com. Uh, you guys can reach me um, in the contact page, schedule a consultation. And you can also call me at 404 404- Seven seven five five seven one nine. And Brian, and for Camp Gladiator, you can always reach us at www.campgladiator.com, Prep Fitness uh, at Prep Fitness LA, Facebook, Instagram, um, and currently the Prep Fitness page is being built for the new expansion that I mentioned earlier. So uh, big things coming, but you can reach us there. All phone numbers are on every site, so awesome. You'll be able to reach me directly. Awesome. Well, thank all three of you for being here. It was a really neat show. Uh, So thank you for joining us on Reaching the Summit, presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more prominent look with your business signage to see how we can help your business reach the summit. Visit us on our website at PinnacleCustomSigns.com or any of our social media channels. Remember that you can enjoy any of our episodes at any time by visiting BusinessRadioX.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Reaching the Summit. You can also find us on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, for Pinnacle Custom Signs, I'm Teresa Conklin, and with Don Conklin, you've been listening to Reaching the Summit on Business Radio X. Hope you have a great day. Hey.